Left. Right. This topic truly fascinates me. The yummy phase. At a certain point in time, we go from not liking broccoli, not drinking black coffee, not liking beer as 7-year-olds or 12-year-olds or 16-year-olds. And there's a transition that we all make and we progress out of the yummy stage. I don't know. It's difficult to explain. We get there in this episode. Let me know what you think. And in the comments, I want to know what is the one food that you will not eat. It's absolutely disgusting to you and you hate it. Comment your least favorite food. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Welcome to Sip Talk episode 216. Today we are talking about the yummy phase, gatekeeping, fascism, Generation Z voting in 2024, and abortion, the most exciting topic of all. Uh, Welcome to the uh, slapdash episodes because we're kind of putting this together mostly in a slapdash manner, rolling with the ideas that are off the top of our head as we go. It's... uh, Kind of last minute start here, a little bit of a late start. So if you guys are watching us live on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever else, uh, apologize for our late start. James, how are things hanging in sunny South Carolina? It's a dark and stormy night down here. Mm-hmm. I want to open this uh, the this cast off with a question that both you and chat need to answer for me because I can't figure it out chat you're telling me to pull up the our new friend chat gpt no i don't i don't i don't want oh you mean just the general people that are listening to us all viewer yes (laughs) wonderful chat is singular or plural in this case it is singular but all right so uh back in the dating world and so last week match with someone on the bumble we message back and forth. Congratulations. And, huh? Congratulations. Oh, that's premature. I, I, had, <laughs> I had sensed that, but I, I wanted to give you something. <laughs> no. So anyways, we go back and forth about some things, and eventually we settle on a time and a date to meet up. And it was I, supposed I, to be... I just, on, on that note, so you match with somebody, you talk a little bit, settle on time and a date. I just need to know the time scale. Um started talking on thursday the date was set up for sunday night right Ooh, a sunday night date weird but go ahead um and so about two or three hours before right, I, the date uh, hold on. what was the what was the date like beers at a brewery in north charleston okay all right very just a super standard i was like i don't want to like Easy. do anything too crazy like let's go with something that is just super normal having a beer or two in a public place. Okay, a couple hours in advance. A couple hours in advance. So I should preface this with my phone cannot run these apps. <laughs> you have to do it from a desktop computer. Yes, I have to run it from my browser. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so in today's world, I recognize that very often women don't want to give out their phone number until they've met in person. Which is weird, but... You know, no, I can understand it. What are you, you going to sign them up for text message spam? I, I don't know. It, it's a self-protection thing. I don't really see it as a problem. So, but since my phone can't run this app, once I leave my house for this date, <laughs> I will have no way of contacting him. Oh, no. Right? Okay. So, Sorry, go ahead. So maybe two hours before we're supposed to meet up, I send her a message on the app saying, hey, looking forward to our date. Um... I'm running this this app through my browser, and it's not on my phone. So if something comes up, like 
please shoot me a text to let me know. You know, like if she's running later, she can't make it or you know, right? I follow you. Like shoot me a text. Here's my number. I didn't ask for hers. I just said shoot me a text to let me know what's up because I won't be able to read any messages once I leave my house. Okay. Let's get moving here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she says, well, "Why can't you why can't your phone run the app?" I'm like cuz my phone's old and crappy and it it can barely run anything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I don't know. This is sounded a little bit too weird for me. Like I'm just picking up too many red flags." And I said, what and she's like why 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 your phone can't run the app and like having an old phone is a red flag and then she unmatched oh. like what the hell oh. man that's literally where we are today where there are so many options for people that it's just easier to unmatch with somebody who you you you're hours away from going on a first date uh because you get kind of fishy feelings which aren't even fishy but this is where <laughs> This is so, where this is first of all. Am I, have, am oh, I, no, hear me out. This is why we have trigger warnings in colleges, where you can't tell people there's what the trigger warning is. You have to tell them, hey, you know, there's going to be a trigger warning, and then if they if they then proceed, then you tell them the specifics hey, of the trigger warning. Remind me to come back to trigger warnings for um, when you're done with this. All right. Well, we need. I want to get to the yummy phase pretty soon. Well, we will. But, before we lose our viewer. But. The question I have is, who's unreasonable here? Um, Me or her? Well, so the issue is that your phone is from 2002. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, a little, maybe a little more recent, but your phone is very old, which you do intentionally because, if anything, it's probably good for mental clarity. I actually, years ago, I went back and bought a phone that was 10 years old to so that I wouldn't be using like all the apps on it and stuff. I would just have a phone that I could text and make phone calls. So this is my phone. It's a BlackBerry Priv. Just for the record, if you can't see James right now, because I know this, we also do this in audio format. Oh. James literally held up his phone and then- And the reason why I won't buy another phone like is a- because nobody makes phones with buttons anymore. <laughs> if, they, if they can make a good phone with buttons, I will buy it. But I hate touchscreens. Like I get- like irrationally angry when I have to do anything with like a touchscreen input. Okay. I just, I lose my shit. So you got, you got this old phone. All right. Um, and she got this very weird catfishy type vibe when you told her I have an old phone. I can't get the app on my phone, which by the way, would totally be something along the lines that a scammer might do, but there was no benefit of the doubt here. It was just, it was, there, there, this is again, the issue with having too many perceived options, which let me just ask a question. How old was she? I don't remember, but maybe like a year or two younger than me or uh, roughly the same age. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I, I was just, I don't want to say anything mean, but just trying to evaluate what her options are like in reality, because I understand reality and the perceived reality are a little bit different, especially when it comes to dating apps. But also, you live in the South, so uh, she was from being, from New York, though. Okay, but not getting married by the time you're 23 years old when you live in the South, everybody is just like, "Oh, you're going to be the old maid, right?" So the yeah, but she's 30, from New York. Fair, okay, yeah, but that's I'm just letting you know what my trainer thought, and I was trying to come up with a nice way to say it. That wouldn't be offensive to somebody who might be in their late 20s or 30s who's single. Um, but you get it because you're in the South. Uh, sorry that they didn't have, man. I'm really, I'm really sorry. I, but. It, if you think about it, like if that's the reason she's given for not going on the date, there probably would have been problems down the line. But Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But you also have to understand the mentality of like, well, this guy is, I don't know, like, I don't... <laughs> I don't get it, but I'm sure there was like literally something there. I deal with uh, new interactions with people uh, hundreds of times a week because what happens is we get leads for real estate listings and literally I'm, I'm like so micro fine tuned with how people react to what you say and how easily they can be turned off that and I, not just me because I have there's 100 plus agents on the team. Not that I deal with all of them on a daily basis, but they come in and we have one-on-one meetings and I look at their 
correspondence between them and their leads and them and their clients. And it's I've noticed over the last five or six years, a major sharp increase with people just not replying or hearing something that's not picture pitch perfect. And then they just don't reply. Like you say something that's not 100% fine tuned and they just, they cut and run. And it's, it's, it's really weird. We had somebody that had a 3.30 appointment today and they messaged at like 2.45 saying they were running about 10 minutes late and then just never showed up or responded to a single text. Not that that's exactly in line with, with what we're saying, but it's just kind of the mentality of the current, uh, I don't know what you call it, the current generation maybe. I don't know how old this guy was, but I, I noticed that a lot more in the 20s and early 30s because most people after a certain age are ingrained in their own ways and will at least have the respect and courtesy to say, hey, actually, I couldn't make it. But that so never, never happened today. Commitments are just less valuable today. I, I think, I think that, I think that that's exactly the case. People don't value commitment. I, we, you know, I've talked before how you don't hear about character anymore or integrity and and morals and values. Nobody's talking about that anymore. Nobody's well, I think people are, but they usually, whenever they bring it up, it's usually in bad faith. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because they're just attacking other people's character. Right. And, and defining somebody by one action or a, an action that happened 13 years ago, um, when that's not exactly how integrity and character work. You know, somebody can be of great character, but have, you know, done something wrong 35 years ago. And, you know, depending on how they dealt with it, but, but we so don't know how they dealt with it. What you're bringing up right now, when we get to the Tennessee discussion, I wanted to circle back to this. Okay, so let's... Let's progress through our, um, our topics here. I want to share a video. Oh, the, the trigger warning. I really, I, I, I look, you, you brought this up and I want to address it. Um, Go ahead. So I feel like they get a lot of shit, but let me tell you something. It took me a while to understand this and maybe this comes off as selfish, but it, you know how afraid of spiders I am, right? Okay, uh, and and you're probably close. I I am I am more rationally afraid of spiders than you are. I believe your fear extends to the irrational, but I do have an immediate response when I see it. Go ahead, I'll let you finish. Okay, I have a I have a lesser version, but but I'll let like, you. you like I'm that. I'm afraid of spiders to the point where like if a picture of a spider is presented to me, I can't look at it. Like if I if I'm if if I'm on like. A site like Reddit or something, looking at pictures, and there's a picture of a spider. I have to like close my eyes or like put my hand up to the browser to close out of the tab before I can resume browsing. I, and so, like, I watch if I watch like a documentary or something, and it's like being shot in the jungle, and like there's a shot of a spider. Like, I will like jump away from the computer because they, like spiders just freak me out that much, yeah, and so. But I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you're going to say if you scroll across a picture of a spider on your screen, you have to leave the room and have somebody else. But I, 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 so I think what you're about to say, just to speed things up a little bit, is that you would at least like a trigger warning for things that trigger people. The issue is, is that you you understand that this is an irrational fear. OK, and it's. <laughs> You can't expect the world around you to adapt to your irrationalities. Why? Because all of a sudden, you're going to be expected to have to adapt to everyone else's irrationalities. And then we are irrationally changing 99% of the world and doing things backwards. Well, right? Rather than walk down the block, you got to walk nine blocks in the other direction. I, I get it. Like, and this is one where, like, I, I think that the, you, there's, a, there's a balance that can be struck here. Because there are times where I've wanted to watch a video and, or have been watching a video and then all of a sudden it cuts to a shot of a spider and I lose my shit. Um, like if I was holding my phone and that happened, like I would have thrown the phone. Like yeah. I've done that with books before. Are there people that get in car accidents because they see a spider crawl across a dashboard or something like that? Oh, I'm convinced that that's how I'm going to die, actually. <laughs> um, uh, we got my, my point is that like. I can understand where people are coming from when they ask for trigger warnings. It makes complete sense to me. And so the question is, what, like, are these requests being reasonable? And is it something that, like, you can look and say, 
let's define a set of things I think that, that, is- that are kind of universally accepted that, that, that could be triggering to people and, and, and then and have warnings for those things. But like saying but listen, we, like, have, we have that already. What we what have are when you're scrolling through uh, social media, it says there's it, it's blurred out. Uh, and I get the same thing on Quora. Uh, it's blurred out and it says, you know, do, do you want to see this? And then it'll say, why? Why is this being blurred or why is this? And it might say because of uh, uh, potential nudity or because of graphic violence or because of yeah. or something like that. And and we have that. But we're but right now, I think and what I want to just mention was was having these irrational fears. You And, and what I've been able to do with my irrational fear of spiders which I, I don't know how I became afraid of spiders because when I was a very young kid, I wasn't. And then through a series of events, I became a little afraid of them. You were my close friend who was also afraid of them. And we both went in that direction. I've had to, I've had to, it's, it's a, what they call cognitive behavioral therapy, basically talk myself backwards through the irrationality in each instance. And now I still really hate, like, you know, I've had, I've had fucking spiders crawl across me when I've been on the motorcycle, right? And the motorcycle literally sits outside. You, you look, leave anything outside and it's going to get spider webs on it. Um, you know, that's really scary stuff. But you, I've just learned to, as soon as I have that reaction, my mind has to go into this cognitive backstepping almost of my immediate reaction. And we could do a whole, maybe we do another episode where we really talk about trigger warnings i want to touch okay Diana yeah I, I just i want to address your point of saying like what's this with the trigger warnings and like try and get you to understand that there is a legitimate reason for people asking for them and what gets bad the, the bad press comes when someone says like there was a scene in that movie where somebody was eating cotton candy and cotton candy is very triggering to me because of whatever experience that happened to them you're like so we need to have trigger warnings for cotton candy now. And so like you've got these people that are making irre- uh, unreasonable requests and giving and making an actually decent idea sound patently absurd. But but again, it's it's same thing with a picture of a spider, you know, like that. It's drawing the line. And that's and that's the issue. I was actually just listening to a Jonathan Haidt podcast today and i feel like that would be something that would be in his realm of of topics that he discusses i want to touch on diana's comment when we were talking about you telling this girl that you uh, had set up a date with that you couldn't continue to message her on the app because you have an old phone and this popped into my brain but i let it fly diana brought it back up is that she either might have thought something was sketchy or that you were just broke and wasn't interested in, in, in you being broke, um, which is, you know, when I talked this morning, I gave a meeting about being a communication expert and being able to deliver statements to people in a way that they can comprehend and understand what their perspective is when you're giving them that information or what their perspective may be. So you understand how they're going to receive it. So you could have said, I don't like to be. I don't like to have my phone as a uh, something that is as a distraction. So I intentionally have an old phone so that I'm not on social media, not drawn to going to my phone every two seconds when I get bored. And I have a desktop computer at home. I spend a lot of time on the computer um, because I'm I'm working. So I I just recognize that I need as little screen time as possible. And this is something that I I just enjoy having the old phone. I would have been able to give some kind of a justification like that, wow. but such a justification wasn't even requested. <laughs> you weren't, yeah, you weren't. But again, in delivering that information, immediately understanding how she could possibly, potentially have reacted to you giving that information, and that's. I actually did a whole training today um, that we talked. We actually talked a lot about that this morning. And I don't think, like, to to the point about like her not wanting to date someone that's poor. One, I don't really like that whole concept. But two, like, I told her that I own a house. So, like, how poor can I be if I have a house? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, like, I'm not rich, but I at least have a house that I can afford. Uh, um, right. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, it's probably a good thing that I didn't go on this date. 
because there would have been like she would have found other things to criticize and it wouldn't have gone well but like like i guess my question is how is that a red flag man all right let's let's get to the yummy phase uh for those people who aren't familiar with the love line it's an it was a radio show from the 80s and 90s with dr drew who's a, a addiction medicine specialist and a mental health uh specialist and a, a physician and Adam Carolla, who's a comedian, and they really play off each other quite nicely because just they do. Um, I'm going to share the screen for anybody who's watching live, and I will do my best to turn up the volume so that everybody else can see. Uh, let's see, you can see this. Let's now I just got to find the right screen here, entire screen. We'll bring it over to this one, open the share. Here we go. And this is about uh, the yummy phase. <laughs> Nothing's happening. No audio, no nothing. Yo, there's no audio. I'm not hearing anything. This is top quality content, Justin. Justin, like, there's no audio. No, not not working. Hold up. All right, so there is audio on the live, but uh, no, there's not audio anywhere. There's no audio on the live. No, nothing. Uh, I'm so I'm just sitting here like an idiot. Yep. I, I love live podcasting. This is fucking brilliant. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we were, we've been trying to tell you for like the last two oh, minutes. No, I saw it. I thought there was some. So, uh, Yeah, there was static. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, damn, let's see. Let me, uh, let me pull it up over here. We'll, uh, we'll fast forward a little bit and do our best to break into it. You were talking about how you yell at people for always putting ketchup on their hot dogs. Mm -hmm. I don't like to ketchup on my hot dogs. So That's right. You're just a kind of troublemaker. Yeah, but he's 14. He's 14. Yeah. Well, you got a window here, yeah. buddy. I don't know. I hate mustard and relish and stuff. Nice. You might. You might as well just put a dunce camp on. No, just leave it here. This is the. This is the part that matters. You get a windbreaker. Says I'm a moron. Yeah, well, Tara, not don't call me Tara. Said that she also puts only ketchup on them. Yeah. Well, that's my point. Shocking. Not surprised at that, Tara. Don't call me Tara. How, how can, Shocking. Yeah. How can you like relish? I mean, it tastes like crap. Uh, here's what a hot dog should have on it. Hot dog should have a mustard, nice brown mustard, nice. Yeah, and mustard. then and a, a little bit of relish. And I like onions, so the Drew's intestines cannot tolerate onions. So I give them a pass on that. Mm. But just ketchup. That's what kids eat. Do I have to explain the yummy phase? What's the yummy phase? All right, let me explain something. We're all born into the yummy phase. I've not given a speech in a while, but it's been uh, it's been weighing on my mind. Every that's what, kids love ketchup. They love hot dogs. They love hamburgers. They love French fries. 
They love grape soda. Mm. They love chocolate. They, they love the, 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 the stuff, chocolate yeah. milk and yeah. stuff. Frank every Frank. kid, every human being is born into the yummy phase. Yeah, the more, the higher, the more dense the calorie, the dense the fat. The, the novelty the food. carbohydrate, yeah. All that stuff, those candy. pixie sticks and yeah. cotton candy and, and those snow cones with We're the rainbow colors. The non-food food. That's what you're born into. And as you get older, you start to leave the yummy phase. And this is where things like brandy and beer and cigars and caviar and uh, a woman's crotch, the, all this stuff, you begin to acquire a taste for this. You don't normally like it your first time around. I mean, you take a puff off a cigar, you take a shot of good whiskey, you take a sip of good beer. You don't like it the first time. And you give a nine-year-old a shot of whiskey, you'll spit it right back in your face. But you grow out of it. Now then, a certain percentage of society never leaves the yummy phase. You become like uh, Kevin and Bean from the uh, K-Rock Morning Show. You drink hot chocolate. You drink grape soda. You don't like beer. Well, you ask a guy who's older, why don't you like beer? They go, it's bitter. They sound like a kid. You ask them, what about mustard? What about uh, certain uh, certain things that, uh, like I said, have an acquired taste to them? No, they don't like it. And they have a very limited diet. And if you hang out with these guys, you go out to breakfast with them, they eat pancakes and French toast, everything covered with syrup. Their beverage, when you go out at night, is always like an orange soda or root beer or something. It's never beer. When you go out and eat dinner with them at night, they won't even have a nice piece of, like, blackened catfish or something. They get spaghetti and meatballs everywhere they go. They can be, they're trapped in the yummy phase, and they pass their whole life through this way. Ooh, they're female partners. Now, and you, you won't see guys like this usually. You won't see them smoking. Uh, you won't see them doing things that kids won't do. Right. And they don't drink coffee in the morning. They don't like it. It's like, what? It, here's how you know what would a kid do. Does it? Does a seven-year-old like a cigarette? Does a seven-year-old drink a cup of black coffee? All right, all right. That's enough of that. <clears throat> I know you hate me for this one because you don't agree with with this uh, entirely, but I have to say that I vastly agree with this. Um, <clears throat> it makes me think of a guy that goes to a bar, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 years old, and orders a whiskey sour. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> because it's, it's the most of the people that are ordering this are the people that can't handle the taste of whiskey. They don't like the taste of whiskey. And I think that somebody from an adult perspective looks at somebody who only orders chicken tenders when they go to go to a restaurant. You you and I both know somebody that if we went to a high uh, very high end expensive restaurant, they'd look at the menu and say, "Do you guys have uh, chicken tenders and French fries?" And the the waiter at the restaurant would look at the person and say, "No, this isn't McDonald's." So I think everybody knows somebody like this, <laughs> and, and that... I think everybody has a friend that has an extremely limited palate that won't eat anything that that won't eat any foods that like a seven year old wouldn't eat, right? Yes, so, and that's the, spe the specifics is having the limited palate and so, not having expanded your palate. There's a couple problems with his logic here. It's the four-year-old that won't try broccoli because he doesn't like it and then never, ever tries broccoli. There's, there's a couple fallacies that he's creating. One is a red herring. The other is a slippery slope. Basically... He's saying if you don't have an expanded palate, then you're not an adult. Well, and I, But I think that having an expanded palate, I know where you're going with this, but I think that having an expanded palate speaks to your level of experience in trying things. And not trying things is a – is children are the ones that, that don't try things. Trying new things is what expands your character, at least trying them. And I think people will find – the more things they try, they'll be surprised that they like them. So, but there's, but there's also this interesting stage where you go from being nine years old and not liking the taste of beer to somehow you transition at 16 or 18 or 20 years old 
where you decide to eat. I love beer. I don't know what it is about, you well, know. I think if you're 16 or 18 years old, the reason that you're saying you love beer is not for the taste. <laughs> so maybe Let's be real here. Let, let me, let me, I, I was thinking about this a second ago. Maybe it's this mental connection that we have once we get older, we associate the taste of beer to good times. And there's actually a neurochemical connection with these chemicals entering your taste buds now connected to good feelings. I don't want to get into the psychology of it. I, I, I want to address his points more head on. I don't want to try and rationalize away a specific point here. I think that the, the, the points that he's making about only eating food that kids eat is useful insofar as as an adult eating nutritious food is important. And most of the time, those kind of kid foods are not very good for you on a nutritional level. And so being able to have a more expanded palate means you're going to be healthier. However, saying that there are certain categories of food or certain foods that you don't like and and then saying, well, if you don't like these foods, then you never grew out of this childlike phase is way too far to go. Like I personally, I don't like coffee, so I don't drink it. Um, but I like tea, so I'll drink tea. Do you drink tea with lots of sugar? No. Like if I if I do a like a, a like a sixteen ounce mug of tea, it'll usually be like a spoon and a half of sugar, lightly sweetened. Look, it's when I go to a bar or I go to the beach with some guy friends, and you know I used to go to the beach and pack a bunch of uh, diet cokes and then and then take a gulp out of each one or, or you know after I do three I'd have to pour the other three of the six pack on the ground because it's just too much carbonation too fast and then i top each one off with some with some scotch or whiskey and pack those or i'd pack some beer and and put that on ice for my trip to the beach but and i've noticed this increasingly maybe it goes along the lines of the bracelet wearing man bun uh touting men but now you go to the the beach and you got a bunch of guys drinking the wild claw uh wine coolers now I can tell you one thing. Wild Claw is a West Wild Claw. I, that's not right. What is it called? The White Claw. White Claw. claw. White they're claw? seltzers, not wine coolers. I think Wild Claw is a more appropriate name. So yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a fruit seltzer, okay? Which which is a wine cooler, okay? No, it's not a wine cooler. It, it whether whether it's colored pink or it's clear. It's it, it's they, clear. Have you it, tried it, them before? Yes, I've tried them before. They 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 taste like uh, they taste like fruity soda. They're, they're nowhere near as sweet as soda. <laughs> Not even close. Well, they they are closer to the end of the soda spectrum than they are to the the beer spectrum. They, don't um, they actually have less calories than beer. Okay, <laughs> fine, but. Flavor flavor profile wise is is what I'm. Oh, flavor to. profile wise, yeah, they're probably closer to soda than beer, but I'd say they're more like they're kind of in the middle because they're not sweet. But look, and but what I'm seeing is, and why I brought this up is because I see a lot more people that are still stuck in this yummy phase, and I see a lot more people nowadays that are drinking wine coolers on a regular basis that are only eating yummy foods that order a coffee and it's 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 got. Like I asked for a, a dash of milk when I get a cup of coffee because I used to have an ulcer. So I, I drinking black coffee first thing in the morning used to really irritate my my ulcer. So if I hadn't had any milk in the coffee, it, it would drive me nuts. So I just I've gotten the habit of if I haven't had anything in my stomach, I get I get a little bit of milk. There's always too much milk, but I see people all the time. But it looks like they have a shot of coffee and two cups of milk and four tablespoons of sugar. So what? Well, because it's childlike that's why I, I, I disagree i don't see how you can equate these two and so diana says she's tried whiskey many times and still hates it and i kind of want to i, I want to touch on that and, and i wish we could do a live out. poll i wish there was some way i could do i could do a live poll right oh now. diana says sounds like i'm getting defensive do i like yummy foods I'll, I'll admit i'm being a little bit defensive here because i hate the entire category of seafood all <laughs> seafood to me is downright repulsive like Everything about it, the way it looks, the way it smells, 
And it's been a long time since I've tried it, but yes, also the way it tastes. And so, so that means that means no sushi. No, 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 Sam, no cooked salmon. No, no crab legs. No, no shrimp. No, um, no lobster. No, no, none of these things. Have you, have you tried crab legs? I, at some point in the distant past, I might've tried something like that. Anytime yep. I've ever tried seafood, I've hated it. Okay. But just again, this is, this goes, and this is why I think it's childlike because it goes back to the not trying things. It's no, 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 no. It's my point is if you try enough things and decide that you didn't like any of them, then you then become, you then have a basis to say, if something is similar enough to something that I have tried before, I'm not going to like it. Therefore, I'm not going to try again, this. Your palate changes over time. What Rosh just said is try sea urchins with a drizzle of lemon juice. By the no. way, I tried sea urchin for the first time maybe 10 or 12 years ago. It was literally the grossest thing I could ever think of. I tried it. It's phenomenal. Do you know what I tried for the first time in my life that I actually said I would never even try? It just came on up. So I ordered, went out to eat on uh, last Friday night. Went to this nice restaurant, and it was a seafood restaurant. What did you, you know, try? So I didn't know what to get in terms of the seafood, but what did you try? I had all this seafood that was on ice. And I was seeing these towers go by with the crab legs sticking out of the towers and the shrimp and, and shells and oysters. So I ordered a seafood tower, seafood platter that came on a tower. And there was shrimp. There was half crab. There was uh, maybe lobster claws on it. There was maybe a dozen oysters. There were clams. Get to the point. What did you try? And there were snails. There was escargot. There, and uh, I always say, I said, you know what? But the thing is, there was, there wasn't like like one or two or six of them. There was like twenty of them. So I wasn't going to. I would have felt really bad spending, I don't know, a uh, hundred and twenty dollars on a seafood platter and only eating like four of the six items. Okay, and because there was so much escargot on it, which is you know French delicacy, I would have felt uncultured if I didn't put a dent in them now if i if i tried them and didn't like them i wasn't going to sit there and force feed myself something i didn't like but i would have felt bad sending back this delicacy in a country where it is very much a delicacy and i just shelled over 120 bucks for it so i said you know what when in rome when in paris you just try so i they it came with this little tiny little fork thing i, I opened it up Stuck it in a little shell, pulled it out, and I said, "Well, here goes nothing." Dude, it was phenomenal. I I don't know how they prepared it. Well, I don't know if it was cooked or it was raw. I certainly won't be catching snails off my my front walkway anytime soon and throwing them in, in a in a pot and cooking them up. But it was phenomenal. I ended up eating two thirds of them. I put a huge dent in them, um, and they were they were freaking phenomenal. I was very happy that I tried them. However, I've told myself my entire life that I would not try escargot. So the difference here is you don't have the opposition to seafood that I do. I Anytime that I've tried seafood, the last time I, I, I was convinced to try anything seafood was probably like 10 or 11 years ago. We were at Max's place and he somehow convinced me. Oh, Max, by the way, just to preface, <clears throat> is our Jewish Russian friend. Or is a not out? We don't have one Jewish Russian friend only, but he he is a friend of ours who is Jewish and uh, Russian. Jewish and Russian. So culturally, what we used to do not we didn't each do this. Let me just give you the point. On Sundays, we used to cook a big meal and invite friends over and things like that. So yeah, usually, it'd be like four or five of us, and one yeah. person would cook for everybody else, and it rotated. Yeah. And, so, and anyways, we're at his place. Wanted to cook us something that was Jewish and Russian. Go ahead. And he had some caviar, and he's like, "You should try this." And I said, "I hate seafood." It wasn't just caviar. It was different types of caviar and different types of dried salted fish. <laughs> right. So I didn't try the salted like fish, <laughs> but like he he's like, "You should try this." And for whatever reason, I said, okay, I will try it. It made it about a quarter of the way 
onto my tongue before like my urge was to spit it out all over the kitchen out of politeness i ran to the bathroom and spit it out in the toilet and i said after that because i i had said before i hate seafood i hate everything about seafood and i for some reason allowed myself to be convinced of this and from that day i have made a vow because i regret trying it then and i said not only will i regret trying the seafood I will make anybody who has me try it. They will also regret it somehow. So I just want to ask for anybody who's watching us live or for our viewer to let us know what the one food that you absolutely hate is. So Deanna asked me, what food do I think, do I, do I like that? I think kids won't. And my answer is anything spicy. Yeah. And again, that's, like, that's the thing. You give a three-year-old a, anything with the slightest spice and they have a full-blown meltdown like um, but i but, love insanely spicy food like when i go to thai restaurants i'd say i want the chef to actively try and hurt me yeah i do i i, I do that too and usually i just get this like like pussy-footed attempt where they throw in like a couple more jalapenos or something and, yeah like i in my life, there's only been like one or two times at a restaurant where I've had something spicy enough that it actually became something of a challenge. Mm -hmm. okay, um, but see. like, so pad thai without fish sauce. I like that. There, that's without not kid food. Sauce. Yeah, like, because. Uh, okay. I, but yeah, dude, seriously, like, I, don't, I just think, like, because he talks about, like, kids won't eat sushi because it's fish and it's gross or whatever. And like, look, having tastes that don't line up fully with whatever your definition of adulthood is like, that doesn't make you any more or less of an adult. And also to the point of having to try something, I think that it is entirely possible to be able to determine whether or not you are going to like something a priori. I, I completely disagree with you. Okay. I, let me, let I me think, ask I you. Think that, I think there may be some things to a degree, but when it's not the, the specific thing. So if you say you don't like cod and I go, well, try some salmon. Those are two totally different fishes. If you say I, I don't like uh, cod or salmon or halibut and I say try some crab legs, those are two totally different things. If, if, if I say you, you don't like cod, halibut, trout, crab legs, and I say try an oyster, those are two like – these are totally different things. This is like chicken to, uh, to, to steak. You know, this is like from chicken tender to steak. Yeah, they're both meats, but don't tell me you don't like meat if you've only had chicken and you haven't had a hamburger, right? Don't tell me you tried chicken, so you definitely won't like hamburger. Right, but... Because the spectrum of swimming and, and wet animals is almost as wide as the spectrum of, of land animals. Okay, so... I'm going to make an extreme example here, but I think it will make my point. Just for the record, I'll hear your example. I'll let you end with your example. Um, we need to move on because we definitely do not agree on this one. <laughs> but well, I that's why we need to keep on going. This is like, <laughs> um, anyways, I was my extreme example. On your, on your point, but here's, here's my extreme example. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever tasted dog poop? No. Okay. If someone were to go to a yard and scrape some onto a plate and then present it to you and say, it's actually really good. You should try it. Are you going to try the dog poop? I think I would eat uh, guanto. Is it called guanto? Bat poop? That's, that's very much a delicacy in, in many countries. Okay. Because it's such a delicacy, I would try it. I would okay. not try dog so Answer my question. Have you ever have you ever tasted dog poop? No. Okay. If someone were to scrape some onto a plate and say it's very well prepared and it's a delicacy and you're gonna really like it, you should like don't think about what it is, just try it. Are you trying it? No, I, I, I would not. Okay. I, would not. I could also probably smell it and you know, I've okay. had so, all right. with shit in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I, my, I'm glad be, that you said from, it. You could from, from pile of shit to pile of shit, there is there is not that much of a difference when it comes from going from one type of fish to the next type of fish. No, 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 no. You're actually following my analogy perfectly. Okay. Because 
You've never tried dog poop. People are telling you that it's tasty. You're still not eating it. So you're making a decision based on no experience with this thing that I think you're saying I won't try that. That's entirely rational to me. I support your decision not to eat the dog poop. So just replace dog poop with seafood. And the difference is I've actually tried seafood before and I've hated it every time. So when somebody proposes to me a new type of seafood, I say (laughs) no. And if they say, well, you haven't tried it. I say, I've tried enough things that are similar to it that I am categorically dismissing this. The only time that I've had seafood that I didn't immediately want to spit back out was I remember when your mom visited Charleston, we went to a place and she had like a tuna steak and she cut me like a small piece and I tried that. And like, I didn't immediately spit it out, but it did nothing for me. Yeah. Tuna steak would not be the way to go when it comes to fish. And it was like, uh, if I'm spending 30 or $40 for a plate of something, I'll get a good steak. Uh, All right. Uh, on that note, also, I ordered a, a, a $90 steak, and it was way more than I could. It was the last night we were there. It was way more than I could eat. Wait. And it was it was a steak for two. Rosh and, is saying that you've tried Balut? Uh, hang on. One, let, let me just hit, hit you on the steak. So I ordered. I spent all this money on the steak. It was more steak than I could eat. It was the last night that we were there, so I took it home with me. And then the next day, I, there was just no opportunity to eat it for breakfast. And I just, I, I barely put a dent in the stick. I felt, felt really bad. I felt like I let down the cow. Uh, so Balut. So for those of you who don't know Balut, Balut is a Filipino delicacy. It is, I think it's a duck egg. It is a duck and egg. And it is a fertilized duck egg. And there is basically the fetus of the duck. Uh, it's a fertilized duck egg that's been allowed to develop for like a week and a half. Yeah. So there is a substantial amount of, duck that's in there and then it's cooked Uh, and then what you do is you crack the top of the egg open and there's a little bit of broth or so in there which literally tastes like delicious chicken soup and then you peel the rest of the egg and you eat the body of the duck and i i was presented with this for the first time at an office halloween party and of course you know, it was my company and there was, I don't know, maybe a half dozen of these balut eggs. And, you know, me being the head of the company uh, needed to lead by example with at least trying it. And I was actually really surprised with uh, how it tasted good. It tasted good. It was very weird consistency, but, you know, it was, you know, if, if there's a giant populace of people trying in eating this food and it is a delicacy it's at least at least worth a try that's how i look now i wouldn't go to the store and cook this at home i yeah i can tell you right now like not not touching balut and and uh yeah i just think if you if you have a suitable justification for something then refusing to engage with it is completely rational. So, so here's the issue: is that I think having an expanded palate and trying different types of foods is is uh, a trait of adulthood. Okay. Now, what you've said is that that's gatekeeping. That's that's creating a barrier to being an adult that not everybody agrees with, and that you could be a a forty year old person who only eats chicken tenders and French fries and be just as much an adult. As somebody who eats medium rare steaks and uh, and steak tartare, uh, and 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 I and and I disagree with you. I, I think there is a bit of gatekeeping, uh, and that those at the gate and those on the, on the inside of the playground, inside of the adult playground, which by the way is fucking awesome. It's filled with whiskey and medium rare steaks and uh, caviar and lots of seafood uh, and ceviche. Uh, black coffee, like beer. There's, I think that's that's what's in the adult playground, and you know that there is a real gate. Uh, now you disagree with me, and you have a lot to say about gatekeeping in general. I understand. Well, I don't have a lot to say. I just think that like the way he presents his yummy phase argument, um, is gatekeeping adulthood behind his definition of what your tastes should be. And my whole point is like, 
if you've got someone, and as I said, we all have a friend like this who only eats chicken tenders. And they all, all they drink is Coca-Cola and they only eat chicken tenders. And like they, they, then yeah, that, that is an indication of maturity, but I think that it's a sliding scale here in saying you have to be able to accept all different types of food. I don't see you're not an adult. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying try. And I just realized that we have a, a current viewer who I think she told me one time was when we ate some chicken wings was the first time she'd eaten meat off the bone. I, I could be wrong in this, but it was something along those lines. Uh, and uh, I said, are you a vegetarian? And she said, no. And then I said, how have you not had chicken wings before? And I was completely perplexed. Uh, uh, oh, she, she grew up vegan. Okay, my, my bad. Yeah, like, well, I, yeah I and shrimp are gross. Like, look at shrimp, shrimp it's bug meat, man. <laughs> it is bug meat, and I would totally eat bug meat. By the way, I oh. was in I was in Mexico uh, a couple years ago, and Fried now, when, when we when we were a kid, uh, we went to when we were kids when we were a kid when we were kids we went to to Cancun, and probably in the airport or something there were these lollipops with a cricket on the inside of a lollipop, and I don't know if my sister got one or you got one. It wouldn't Somebody have been me, and. And I just remember being so completely repulsed. I wouldn't even try it. I wouldn't even lick the outside of the, the candy, hard candy pop that you weren't even getting close to the cricket. Now, at being in my late 30s, going down to Tulum, staying in a very expensive treehouse, um, which was, was different. <laughs> Never would have saw myself uh, staying in an expensive treehouse as a destination. But it was actually really cool. And having an affinity for mezcal, which, by the way, is in the adult club. Okay, so come over to the adult club, start enjoying some mezcal. Uh, and then I would get a shot of mezcal, and it came with a slice of orange with some tahini on top of the orange, and then uh, a small handful of crickets. And these were baked or fried crickets. And I said, hey, you know, when in Rome, when in Tulum, eat the crickets. And I did. Dude, these things were freaking phenomenal. First thing I did when I got back was go online and order some crickets. Yeah, I'll stick with the best call. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Oh, into Rosh's question, he said, like, if you're on a date with the chicken, she orders lobster. Is that a deal breaker? And my answer is kind of. Well, if you have to pay for it, I think. Well, not. I don't even care about like. I would probably say like. Would you mind ordering something else? Because the smell of lobster is just, it, it sets me off. Just for the record, the smell of lobster is butter. Okay. No. The smell of lobster is butter. I don't, maybe you're smelling some stale old lobsters or crabs that you find on the side of the beach. That has no, that I'm talking like when I, when I worked at, when I was a bartender, I worked at a sushi restaurant. And along with the sushi, we had like other Asian food and like, probably the second most popular dishes besides the sushi would have been like various hibachi dishes, right? Okay. And let me, so let me, let me just lead with, if you're ordering lobster at a sushi restaurant, you fucked up my friend. If yeah, that's true. And you're ordering lobster or anything other than chicken or shrimp, you fucked up my friend. Well, the, the, the steak hibachi was pretty good. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Steak. But again, it's, it's go ahead. Sasha says, James, you might be on the spectrum. <laughs> There's no question about it. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So you worked at, you worked at a, a sushi yeah. place. And so, you know, if I had people sitting at my bar that ordered food. Salmon, huh? Right? Yeah. So if people with my at, at sitting at my bar ordered food, I would go to the kitchen and grab it once it came up. And like, so I don't like any seafood. So people would like order sushi for me and they'd be like, they'd, they'd be looking at the menu and be like, uh, what rolls can you recommend? And I knew the menu well enough that I could ask them the question, be like, well, what are you in the mood for? And be like, all right, these three rolls are good for you. And then be like, well, how does it taste? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but we're, the we're times that I had to... leaving this topic. We're never uh, leaving this topic. Go ahead. Sorry. The times that I would have to go to the kitchen to bring somebody like a hibachi shrimp or like we had a like a, like a blue platter or something that was like filet, shrimp, and lobster or something like that. And so just the walk from the kitchen to my bar to bring the food to the people, like I would be getting the vapors of 
this seafood that was cooked. <laughs> and there were times that like I had to hold my breath for the 10 or 15 seconds of making it back to the bar because I could just not stand the smell that was hitting my face, man. It's, it's, it's too bad you didn't work at a Dominican sushi place. So in, in New York City, in the Heights, there's a decent number of Dominican, maybe three or four Dominican sushi places. Dominican sushi is sushi rice. It's, it's one, the rolls are, are like big, like you might eat a fork and knife, which in a Japanese restaurant, sushi is taken in one bite. Uh, and you can lift it with your fingers or chopsticks, but you may not use a fork and knife. Again, maybe this is gatekeeping, but that's the Japanese way. Now, in a Dominican place, Dominican sushi place, it might be steak wrapped in rice, topped with avocado, covered with a mayonnaise ketchup sauce, <laughs> which is which is actually really good. No, but, the, the, you said but if steak, you're right, if, if, yeah, if you're that going, pretty good. And it's usually like a hanger steak or, you know, a decent steak. But if you're going from a traditional Japanese place where you're getting edamame and you're going to a Dominican sushi place where you're getting steak, steak with avocado and, and plantains on top with a hookah, you're just like, this is sacrilege. But really, in their own right, I think they are, they are both great options. And I love regular traditional sushi. And I also love... Um, what do you call it? Dominican sushi. And but you know, like, let me to your point. Like, so yes, lobster does smell. I know what the smell is, and I hate it. So if I'm on a date with a chick and she orders some kind of seafood or whatever, I'm going to politely ask her, like, "Would you mind not ordering seafood?" It like the smell alone makes me lose my appetite. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Where we... if that ends the date, well, I mean, I've had dates end for dumber reasons, as we already discussed. Where do we where do we go from here? Do we get into gatekeeping? We got we got a few no we longer if we need to, but uh, no what? No, we don't go into gatekeeping. No, no, I don't have the energy to change gears. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like I just I mean, we, we missed. Oh, you know what? I just here here's what I'll I'll just skip to my the other topic that I wanted to wanted to bring up, and this is. Something that I find that like you only argue with your siblings or in a relationship about, you should never argue in a professional setting about this. Yet I find myself in a professional setting sometimes arguing about this. And it is, I tell someone to do Y and they, they say, no, I'm not going to do Y because you told me to do X. And I, it, it, basically them saying, I'm only doing what you told me to do. Therefore, I'm not doing the new command because it's you told me to do the first command and I'm only doing what you tell me to do. You, you follow me here? You follow me? Not really. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I had a real life example I could I could think of on the fly. But but it's something that bothers me when I ask somebody to do something and they tell me, no, they're not going to do it because they're doing what a different operation or whatever that I told them to do. Well, and that they're I only mean, going to follow what I told them to do. A better way to put it is like if if my boss tells me to do one thing and then I start doing that thing and then he says hey can you do this other thing then my response is going to be I'm in the middle of task one you just told me to do t task two I can only do one of them which do you want me to work on right now he, and he's going to say task two I've updated you with task two please don't worry about task one and you will just say okay I'll abandon task one. I'll come back to it. Yeah. Two. But what I find that you deal with when you're dealing with children and you should not deal with this in a professional setting is if you in the scenario said, no, I'm not doing task two because you told me to do task one and I'm doing what you told me to do. Well, yeah, that's just an immature response. It, it, but and, and that's again, you only get that when it comes to like arguing with siblings when you're kids or maybe in this kind of bratty relationship dynamic where you're just being annoying because you're annoyed, right? But it should not happen in a professional setting. And yet for, I've been seeing an uprise, an uptick in, in this happening in a professional setting for me, and I don't understand it. And I think when we explain it like this, most people say, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I, don't, I just don't understand how people can lean back and say, you told me to do task one, so I'm doing task one. I mean, I, I'm probably starting that way. I'd be like, hey, I'm working on task one right now. And if they say, well, task two is more important. All right, all right, fine. Then I guess task one is going to get delayed. That's because you're, for the most part, rational. 
except when it comes to discussing the yummy face. Yeah, because I think he's just wrong. You mean to tell me, James, you've never had brownie mix for breakfast? I mean, if we're talking about never leaving the yummy face, the orator of that statement. Actually, actually, the orator of that statement, you'd be surprised. Actually, and, and, and very much so, you would be surprised, has surprisingly taken leaps and bounds out of the yummy phase, still remains in yummy territory, but has has expanded and tried and stepped out of the bounds. We're out of time for today, folks. Thank you for joining us. This has been Sip Talk, episode 216. Don't forget, you can catch all of our past episodes on YouTube and any audio podcast platform. Anything else to add, James? Tune in next week for the next round of How James Fucks Up a Date. <laughs> Adios, everybody. All right, that concludes this episode. Let me know who you signed with, James or Justin. Adios. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.